0: You guys can open to 1 Samuel so long, 1 Samuel 17, 1 Samuel 17, 1 Samuel 17, and before we read, I just want to give a quick intro, I assume many of you know, hopefully all of you know, that the Christian life is a battlefield, right? Right, the Christian life is a battlefield, it's a constant battle. Battle, as the Bible says, not against flesh and blood, but against all the spiritual stuff and high places and the darknesses and, and the devil and, and all his of, of, of his crew. So, as Christians, we should not be surprised when hard times hit, when enemies hit. Right? Right. But that does not stop us necessarily from getting a fright when an evil spirit, or something bad happens, right? Amen. So I hope by the end of today, we can look at the Bible through the eyes of God and be able to look at these challenges and this battlefield through the eyes of God would it, that would give us ease in approaching and going on with the spiritual life. So in 1 Samuel 17, it's a story we all know, I hope, is, uh, is David and Goliath. All right, and what a great sermon illustration that would be having that here this morning, with this massive, massive giant and David, this small guy. With all odds and with everything we see in life, that should not make sense. A guy that is plus minus fifteen years old should not be able, with all of the odds against him, should not be able to beat a soldier. That has been fighting for years, that has armor that needs to be put on by a crane, that heavy it is, and is almost three meters tall. That does not make sense. But throughout the Bible, you will get this paradox. If you want to live, you need to die. If you want to gain, you need to lose. If you want to win, well, if you want to win the battle, then you're not necessarily going to fight against these small guys. But if you ask God, and if you trust in God, and you say, well, Lord, none of these odds make sense. This guy's massive. The situation is impossible. That's where God shows up, and He he shows you His strength. So the name of my sermon here, I thought I'd call it, it's called Facing the Giants, but I thought I'd call it Faithing the Giants, because that's how we win them, we win them by faith. So we're going to Faithing the Giants. Uh, actually put it in, it's quite funny, but nonetheless, facing the giants. And as I said, I hope by the end of the day, I have two important points that I want to share with you, and a third one that I hope would, would act as some motivation. As a body of Christ, we go through tough times very often. We go through tough times that not, not necessarily just shakes us physically, but sometimes it shakes us spiritually. To a sense that we look back and we say, well, Lord, what about this? Lord, was it you? Lord, and all of these questions pop up and we don't seem to get an answer. But at the end, we look back and we say, well, God, where did I go wrong? Let's start reading there in verse 17. Let's start at verse 1. I'm going to jump through it quite a bit, so just keep up there. 1 Samuel 17. Now the Philistines gathered together their armies to battle and were gathered together in Potchestrum, which belongeth to Judah, and pitched between Clarksdorp and Orkney in northern northwest. Do you guys know where that is? Yeah, me too. So um, let's try this again. Now the Philistines gathered together their armies to battle and were gathered together at Shaka, which belongeth to Judah, and pitched between Shokha and Azekah in Epesh-Demim. Amen. Amen, And Saul and the men of Israel were gathered together and pitched by the valley of Elah. Set the battle in array against the Philistines. Verse 3. And the Philistines stood on a mountain on the one side. Israel stood on a mountain on the other side. And there was a valley between them. Jump down to verse 8. Uh, between verse 4 and verse 7, well, well, verse 8 a little bit as well, they just explain Goliath. In verse 8 we continue, And he stood and cried Goliath unto the armies of Israel, and said unto them, Why are ye come out to set your battle in array? Am not I a Philistine, and ye servants to Saul? Choose you a man for you, and let him come down to me. If he is able to fight with me and to kill me, then will we be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then shall ye be our servants and serve us. And the Philistines said, yeah, Philistine said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we might fight together. When Saul and all the Israel heard those words of the Philistines, they were dismayed and greatly, greatly afraid. Let's bow our heads and have a word of prayer. God, we come to you this morning in the name of Jesus Christ. And we thank you, Lord, that we can sit in church this morning. Father, we have the opportunity to hear from you. God, and I do pray and ask that you would take me out of the way, God. Please, please use me as a vessel this morning too, that you might work through and speak to these people. God, please change these notes, change the sermon as, as you see fit, God, so that these people might might get something out of this, Father, that will encourage them in the spiritual walk. God, I, I, I really ask that you would you would give these listeners ears to hear, God. Give them eyes to see you in the great context, God. And if there be People here this morning, that's, that's down in the dumps, right down in the valley, God. Please, might you come down and, and help them up, Father. Might we as a, as a body of Christ stand together and help them up, Father. And in the end, might we be better prepared to face the battles with you that we're going to do in our life. God, it is a privilege to do what we're doing. And Lord, we don't want to take this up lightly. Please, please, meet with us here this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 So my first point that I want to make with, with, with all of this, setting the tone, is we're facing giants in life. Giants that taller than us, bigger than us, that have more armor than us. So the whole situation seems impossible. What do we need to do as Christians to prepare ourselves for the giants that we're going to face in life? Because you are going to face giants, right? In the last year, you have faced a couple of giants, I assume. Whether that would have been physical, mental, financial, in a marriage, um, the students are about to face one massive giant, the exams. You need God. You will not be able. Guys, listen, you will not be able. You will n- I'm not just talking about the exams now. I'm talking about everything that I said. You will not be able to overcome this giant by yourself. You will be, I don't want to get ahead of myself here, but you will be destroyed if you don't have God's help in this. Look with me there at verse 3. 1 Samuel 17 and verse 3. They're at the end there. And there was a valley between them. When we read that, we think, uh-oh, bad times ahead. Uh-oh, a valley. That's down. That's down there. That's, we don't see the, the beautiful horizon. I got to uh, think of, uh, on that. And you know what? With a couple of hikes that I've done in my life, I have seen some of the most beautiful scenery down in the valley. You know why? You know you know what water does. We heard the sermon this uh, from Pastor Chad Branch. Water takes the path of least resistance. Correct. So if water's on top of the mountain, where is it going to go? To the lowest point. You know what water gives? It gives life. I don't know. Maybe, maybe in in life, God. Puts this giant ahead of you, so that you can go down to the water and get some life. Yeah. Wow. Be a little bit refreshed, and say, Lord, you know what? I, I'm not up there. I don't see the horizon. I don't see the in till tomorrow. God, there's it's 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 very it's it's thorns and thistles and it's water and it's rocks and it's uncomfortable to walk and it's I can only see a couple of meters ahead. But sure, oh God, it's refreshing. After a long day's hike, the, the, one of the best things you can do in experience is just wash your face with cold water. That is refreshing. That forms part of my first point that I make. Here, want to make here this morning is the perspective we look at giants need to change. The perspective. Now if I draw it up here, I want to be as cool as Garrett, so I'm going to try this. To draw up on the board. Perspective is pretty important. Garrett, I don't have as good a razor as you have. <laughs> All right. So perspective is pretty important with what we're to- talking now, right? Let's do this, right? This is Goliath. <laughs> Big muscles. Um, breastplate. I don't want to say I have righteousness. There's a blessed breastplate. Yo, this is really bad. I'm going to stop. There's Goliath. And here is David. Yeah, okay, okay, okay. (laughs) There's David. David has a huge smile. It looks like all his teeth are out, nonetheless. There he has his little slingshot. And one, two, three, four, five little pebbles. All right. Sure. (laughs) Okay, let's try this. Uh, We look at this. And the perspective we look at it is, Goliath, it's larger than David. Right? Pretty simple. He has big muscles, a breastplate. He's not smiling. He looks angry. (laughs) There we go. (laughs) I'm making this worse. (laughs) Goliath is bigger than David. Right? From our perspective. If we put a massive guy here and a small guy here, The perspective is, that guy's bigger, this guy's smaller. And by itself, that guy would be stronger and would be able to pummel this guy much easier. Guys, this is our perspective. This is how we look at it from a human point of view. What does God see? Right? God looks from there. Who's taller? Who's bigger? We can't say. We should change our perspective to view giants through God's eyes. Now that's just a little picture. Of course, God was with there when David, so I mean, he saw what he saw. But you get what I'm trying to say. We should stop looking at what we see physically. God, this giant is massive. God, I'm in great financial debt. God, my marriage is destroyed. God thrives in these types of opportunities. He thrives in that. Why? Because we are dependent on Him. Huh? I think it's Bob Jones Sr. said once, the greatest ability is dependability. So if you're in a position that you need to rely on God, perfect. That's exactly where He wants you to be. Because the moment, and all flesh is grass, you look at this and you say, hmm, I can't tell. I must be bigger than him. I can beat this guy. Down you go. Because at some point you're going to view this perspective and you're going to say, "Uh uh-oh, God, can you help? God, I want to view it now out of your perspective. God, please. But once we start and we say, Lord, out of all the giants in life, I'm going to view it out of your perspective. Now, I say your perspective. What is God's perspective? Guys, we hear this often. Here we have it. Here we have God's perspective. How do God view giants? We can just look at the end of 1, chapter, uh, uh, 1 Samuel 17. How do God view giants? Look at me with, uh, at verse 26. It will give us a good, a good explanation of this. And David spake to the men that stood by him, saying, Giving you guys a backdrop, David came, his dad told him, take these food and go to your brothers in war and bring me back a a report of all of this. So David arrived at the battlefield and this is what he saw. And David spake to the men that stood by him saying, what shall be done to the man that killeth the Philistine and taketh away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? Wow, David must be bold. I mean, these guys, soldiers, they've been on the battlefield for quite some time. He has just been a shepherd looking after sheep. And now he gets in and says, who's that idiot? (laughs) Defying the armies of the living God. I bet these men looked at him and said, David, you have no idea what you're talking about. We've been to a couple of battles now. And it's hard. But David viewed Goliath out of the eyes of God. Why? Not just because he prayed there and said, Lord, please show me what, to go, what I need to do, and Lord, please guide me. He walked in the Spirit. He walked. You guys understand what I'm saying? He prayed daily, and he had a relationship with God, so that he, when he walked there, he knew, God, I know who you are. I know how you speak. I know how you work. Guys, by this time, I wonder if I put it here. Uh, I just want to check what I... Yeah, look at verse 34. 34. 1 chapter 17 and 34. And David said unto Saul, Thy servant keep his father's sheep, talking about himself. And there came a lion and a bear and took a lamb out of the flock. And I went after him. You see what he did? (laughs) I went after him and smote him and delivered it out of his mouth. And when he arose against me, I caught him by his beard and smote him and slew him. He grabbed that lion by his beard and just... Yeah, (laughs) shook him up, broke his neck and threw him out. But you know what happened there? David got some experience. Experience in life. I said, I bet by that time David knew how to pray. When that that lion came in and grabbed the lamb, he said, Lord, what do I need to do? It's much easier, just let it go. But he got some experience. And guys, that's where the perspective change needs to come in. You cannot wait till the giant hits and says, all right, Lord, show me what you want to show me. You're going to miss it. You need to get some experience to fall back on when that giant stands in front of you. And said, Lord, you helped me back there. God, I trust that you're going to help me now. I'm going to have faith when I'm facing the giant. I'm going to have faith, Lord, in what you did back there and what you said in your word. I'm going to have faith. The thing is, once we see clearly, once we get our perspective sorted. We can fight more effectively and we can fight more efficiently. Why? Well, now that I know who I'm fighting, now that I know who's fighting against me, I know the fact. God can show me these stuff and he can show me the, the, the pivotal points of this enemy. Lord, what should I do? How should I step it? What weapon should we use? God, you're in control here. But it all comes down to perspective. How are we, we viewing this? Usually what happens is we walk and read the Bible and pray and all of that and look down, pray, what, what, and boom, giant. Oh dear God, what do I do? What do I do? And the moment you have that burned into your mind, your perspective need to be biblical. That would come naturally. That would say, Lord, you're in control. I can do nothing. I'm going to try, Lord. I'm willing. I'm obeying. But it's all up to you. One thing we can change our perspective. Now, I said change perspective. Change perspective. All right, how can you do this? Again, you cannot do this on your own. You, by the grace of God and by experience, this will slowly but surely happening. happen. And guys, with this perspective change, one of the greatest things you need to rely on is the promises of God. What have He said in His Word? What can I put under my feet to get some stable ground? To make sure when this earthquake is hitting, Lord, I'm stable. Lord, I'm fine. Lord, I'm clinging, clinging on to that. Lord, this branch or this column is here. Lord, I'm clinging on to that verse. I'm going to give you guys four, and there is numerous, numerous. Proverbs 3 and 6, eh? Proverbs 3 and 6, the verse we all know. At the end of that, you guys don't need to turn there, but it says, acknowledge God and, 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 and He shall direct thy path. You, can, you guys can read it later. That, that point is important. He shall direct thy path. He shall. Yes, there's a prerequisite. Acknowledge Him. But He shall direct thy path. John 14 and 27, talking about the Holy Ghost that God gives, uh, that Jesus left with us. And in the in end, the, in John 14 and 27 at the end. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. That's what God said. What do we do with that? When trouble hits, we say, oh goodness, okay, I know that verse is there, but God, it doesn't look that way. Change the perspective. What does Corinthians say? We walk not by sight, we walk by faith. Faith. When we're faith, faithing these giants, faithing these giants, that's where it comes in. 2 Corinthians 12, verse 9 and 10, where, where Paul talks about his infirmity, and God said, Let my grace is sufficient for thee. My grace is sufficient for thee. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Not my strength is shown. My strength is made perfect, complete in your weakness. But we think, us mortals, Lord, it's not that big of a problem, but I can handle this. Lord, it's just life. I've I've been hit a couple of times. Lord, I can take this. I want to say you're fooling yourself. You need God. I think the moment we realize how much we need Him, that's the time a revival will happen. That's the time. Hebrews 13 and verse 5 and 6. At the end there, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee. When will He leave you? Never, Never. We should acknowledge that. Listen, God can stand right next to me. But if I don't acknowledge Him, I'm going to continue with what I'm busy doing. If I don't say, wow, good Lord, let me stop. Wow, God, thank you for everything that you have done. Lord, thank you for your guidance. God, I'm going to step right back here. Would you lead this path, please? If you step, I'm stepping. If you stop, I'm stopping. But Lord, you said you'll never leave me. You will never forsake me. God, please, that that promise might grow real in my heart. That by faith, I'll believe that. Lord, and by faith, I'll practice that. I cannot stress this enough, how important faith is in the Christian life. Faith in what God has said. Believing what He has said, even though you cannot see it. Atheists would sometimes call that blind faith. Again, that's another whole lesson, but it's so far from that. This, what David did here, it's not blind faith. He didn't run into the battle saying, yeah, what God promised me, wealth, health, and prosperity, I'm going to kill him. He didn't say that. He had experience. And by experience, his faith grew stronger and stronger and stronger. We need to lean on the promises of God. My second point that I want to make here, when you're starting to when you when you face these giants, is prayer. Prayer. Prayer on its own, I think, is an inexhaustible subject, a subject that you can study from the moment you get saved till eternity, and you will always be able to learn something from prayer. And guys, isn't that how we communicate with God, through prayer? Through prayer we talk with Him. Through prayer we make our supplications known unto Him. We need to pray. And we need to pray more. And we need to pray more efficiently and more effectively. It doesn't I think it's James that said, The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. The effectual fervent prayer. Effectual, fervent. We need to have both. We need to have fervency in our prayers. This, sitting down, Lord, thank you for the day. Lord, thank you for that. Guys, we need to grow out from that. This message is here to motivate you. Please, please understand that. But we need to put more effort into our Christianity because we cannot expect more out of it. We can only expect more out of what we do than what we put in. And it's by the grace of God. Listen, this is not equal to I put in 100%, I get out of 100% because of what I do. I put in everything I can, and whatever God gives me back, I'm happy. Why? Because He died for you on the cross, and He paid for your sin. That's the least we can do. Fully consecrated to God's will. Lord, what do you want to do? And you will only be able to know that through prayer. A guy once said, I have no clue who this is, and maybe it popped up. I don't know if I thought of this, or I, <laughs> maybe. But proper planning prevents poor performance. Is that how it goes? I think so. Proper planning prevents poor performance. Guys, if we plan ahead, we know what to do when, the giants, uh, 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 when we face the giants. When we plan properly, what I say with that? I'm not saying figure out your life and know when the giants are going to hit, but prepare in a way that you know what God's going to tell you. Prepare in a way that when these giants hit, you say, you know what, Lord, I can fall back because my perspective is right. Lord, I know how to pray. I know what to pray for. Lord, I know I don't need to stress now because you're in control. Because this is what you said, Lord. And this is what you said, Lord. And that is what I saw in my life, Lord. And this is what you did a couple of years ago, Lord. And that's what you did last month, Lord. And because of all of that, all of the facts that we have, Lord, I lean on you. And I have peace. And I trust in you. Another guy said, if you fail to plan, plan to fail. Right? If you don't do anything to prepare yourself for this battlefield of the Christian life, you're going to struggle when you hit these giants. And a lot of times we do not prepare. We hit the giants. We start facing the giants. And we say, God, where are you? God, why are you not showing up? God, why are you not helping me? And that's not wrong. But let's turn that prayer around and say, Lord, where did I let the ball drop? Lord, where did I forget to to ask you to guide me in the right direction? To prepare me for these giants? God, where did I go wrong? I think if we go in with that prayer, the right perspective, we can face, face these giants more effectively, more efficiently. 1 Samuel 17 and verse 45. Verse 45 then said David to the Philistine, now David's on the battlefield there, Thou comest to me with a sword, and with a spear, and with a shield, but I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou, uh, whom thou hast defied. But one thing you need to understand. Face God before you face the giants. Face God before you face the giants. Be honest with yourself. Lord, am I praying the right way? Lord, am I praying effectively? Am I praying fervently? Lord, if this whole perspective of mine is wrong, that you promised me the moment that I got saved, that I'll never hit any giants, or that when I hit them, I can just cruise through, Lord, you'll fight them for me. We need to change our perspective. We need to change the way we pray. And we'll do that to face God before we face the giants. Before we face the giants. One interesting thing I saw in this, in this chapter. I tried looking for it and I could, just couldn't find it. What was prayer. I thought that David would at least pause at some point through him shepherding the sheep going home to his dad, getting the charge to go to his brethren, on his way there, meeting up with the soldiers, understanding that the situation is in dire need of some help, going to Saul, he needs to fight the battle now, getting him, getting his armor sorted, the armor's too heavy, he doesn't have any defense other than God, going to the battlefield, standing in front of this guy. I thought somewhere between that, come on David, shouldn't you pray, shouldn't you just stop and acknowledge God? But now he stands in front of this giant, and I think he realizes, whoopsie, this guy's big. Or maybe it doesn't stand in that chapter because he prepared for this. Maybe not for this exact situation, but he prepared in prayer. And he was a prayer warrior. And he walked through life knowing that, Lord, I'm right with you. I'm prepared for this. I spoke to a guy earlier and I said, you know what, this can go both ways. We can look at this and say, well, there's no prayer, so David must not have prayed. And I can go with that and I say, well, all flesh is grass, and I think that is possible. I don't think it happened with everything, with how we acknowledged God and all of that, but it's possible. And isn't that how we work sometimes? Go through life, go through life, go through life, boof, giant. Oh, dear God, help me. (laughs) But we do not prepare and we do not say, well, Lord even though the giants come, or even though they do not come, I'm going to spend time with you. On the mountaintops and in the valley low, I'm going to spend time with you. Guys, we need to prepare. We need to make sure that we know how to face these, face these giants. The other thing can be that David didn't pray in this Because he did the whole Nehemiah prayer. Praying while he was walking. And again, we need to exchange what we usually think in life and what we fill our minds with, with what God said. Recently, I was so blessed with with how I can, through the day, talk to God. I don't need to stop and do a whole formality, go on my knees and pull my hair out and slam my chest and God be merciful to me, a sinner. I can go through life talking to God. I can go through life sitting at work talking to God. Not just talking, but hearing what He has to say. Saying, Lord, how do you want me to do this? How do you want me to do that? Stuff that I would never have been reminded of with how busy life is. We need to get that sorted. We need to make sure and say, Lord, I'm I'm putting aside time for You. So that I'm sorted in prayer, prayer leading to the correct perspective, and when this hardship hits, I'm ready. I'm ready, Lord. My third and final point is, maybe not what you should do before the giant comes, but might, what might have happened to many of you right after. You might have got pounded, pummeled, and pulverized by this giant. Now you look at me and you say, well... I'm on the other side now. This giant just sat on me and I crushed me. What now? What now? What do I need to do now? What do I stand to do now? Is there still hope? Yes. Didn't I read that verse earlier? God will never leave you nor forsake you. There's a verse in Proverbs 24. I think it's verse 16. A just man falleth seven times. Does the verse stop there? No. 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 He rises back up again. Why? Because he have hope. Yeah. Lord, you're waiting for me. Yeah. Lord, you're there with open arms to, to heal me back up spiritually. And put me well on my way. But what do I stand to do now? Do some introspection. God, alright Lord. This giant got some victory over me. What can I do? What can I take out of that, what happened there, and apply it to the future giants? Prepare better. Plan better. Pray better. Get the right perspective. So that when you charge this enemy, you know what to expect. Guys, be patient with yourself. Aren't we all students of the Bible? Will we not always stay students of the Bible by God's grace? Which means we are always going to learn. We are always going to change. Which means we are always going to grow. In effect, means you're going to make some mistakes. Don't be too hard on yourself. Look back and say, you know what? Lord, my bad. I'm sorry. Lord, I neglected You. I neglected my whole spiritual well-being because I got caught up in this life. Lord, please pray like David in Psalm 51. Renew a right spirit within me, a new spirit. Renew it, God. Make it new. Complete it. Build it up again. Heal me up, God. I want to serve You. I want to, but God, I can't. That's exactly where God wants you. Because now you are dependent on Him. And now His strength is made perfect in your weakness. But guys, you need to allow that. You need to say, Lord, tears are flowing. Just a a, a rough time. God, please show up. God, I'm trusting You to heal me up. Another thing that we need to look at in, in this when you will pummeled and pulverized and just completely wiped out by this giant guys don't leave this this body of Christ. I'm, I'm saying that not leaving as in you quit your salvation but don't leave this local church for the fact that I have a hard time I go in my cave I shut out and I shut down I'll get back when I feel better. I told you in the beginning there's a paradox if you feel that life is rough and tough, that's the exact time you should come. Why? Because there's people in here that really love you. That really wants to care for you. That really wants to throw their arm around you and say, Hey, are you okay? And they really want to know what's going on. If they send you a message, they, by the grace of God, I hope so, really mean it. What's going on in your life? Tell me. I want to know, not because I'm just uh, 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 Naskirach. Yo, that was quick. Not just because I'm curious, but because I care. Because I want to pray for you. I get that I myself, I'm not able to go by everyone and pray for everyone. But that's why we have so many people. We can cover a lot of ground in this church. One guy cares for the next, cares for the next, cares for the next, cares for the next. There's a verse in in Hebrews. Do not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. Guys, he said that because that's our knee-jerk reaction. Life hits, giants hit, I'm bloodied, I'm bruised, I look bad. Eyes are swollen, thick with all the tears. I don't want to go to church. This church is not, change your perspective. Because this church is not like the other. We don't come here to look good. We don't come here to show off. We come here to say, Lord, what do you want to tell us? And where can I be a blessing? And sometimes you're not going to be the blessing. You're going to be the one that somebody else is going to be a blessing to. You need to allow that. But changing your perspective when life hits will make it a whole, a whole lot easier. When we change our perspective, when we change the way we pray, when we change the way we view victorious battles, we are able to grow in our Christian walk. Let's all stand, head bowed and eyes closed. I want to give you just a minute of opportunity to think about this and really search your heart and maybe thank God for all the giants that He helped you to overcome. All the giants that He's been gracious enough to fight the battles for you. Maybe all the giants that, that you won by His grace, even though you didn't think it was He. By faith, we can conquer this. By faith, we can grow. But guys, this is only able to happen by faith. By faith, cling to the promise. We do not walk by sight. We walk by what we cannot see. Lord, if if it's thunderstorms and and it's, it's hail and it's rain and the clouds are dark and it doesn't seem that it will ever end. Lord, I trust you. That you will sustain me through this. God, and that you will help me. And in the end, Lord, I will grow through this. And I'll be able to approach the next storm better. Let's make sure we do what we can with what we have. To encourage and motivate fellow believers, believers in this church. In the life we live in, there is a lot to complain about. There's a lot to gripe and to say that it's unfair. And a lot of the giants that's standing out there. Guys, there's equally enough, and I dare say more to praise God for. Let's change our Perspective in, what, in the way we look at things. It's by the grace of God we stand here. By the grace of God we can walk out of here. It's by the grace of God we, are, we can be saved. We can be changed. I want to encourage you by this. If, you, if you've been been beaten, been pummeled by one of these giants. Take time, grab somebody's hand, pull them in, make use of the church and the opportunities you have here. Father, please be with these people and God, you're much bigger than any giant, this life the devil can ever throw at us, God. But we do ask that this road that we're treading on, Father, that you would help us, God, by your grace, Lord. Help us God and as that centurion prayed increase our faith. Lord please help us to see you and to see our Christian life and the walk through your eyes. Remind us God of your promises. God and and, and as we some people here might flat on their back hard to get up God might I just open your eyes and and see you there arms wide open waiting to help them up. And behind you, a church, on their knees, praying, busy doing your will. God, please dismiss us here with your blessing. Bring us back safely tonight, God. And and through the day, Lord, please speak to us and encourage us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, guys.